Hello friends and welcome to episode number 129 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It is Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, hanging out, enjoying the end of the four game set against Oakland Athletics. Meanwhile, Justin the Professor Anderson steps up to the plate from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Well, I guess you're not from there. You're from... Technically, I am. I was born here in Saskatoon and then grew up about three hours away, but then moved back here 10 years ago for university and haven't left. So technically, I was born in Saskatoon. Would you yeah. would you bill yourself as from Saskatoon? I wouldn't, know. I my, my family lived in a smaller town when I was born, so there, or when I was in, in the womb, so there was no, uh, no maternity at the local hospital. So my parents came into the okay. city to birth me. <laughs> but if you were if you were a prize fighter, where would you be billed from? Uh, from Lloyd Minster would be where I'd be billed from. That's where I went to. That's where I grew up. That's where I went to school, high school and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, I. It's the same for me. I would be billed as from Sydney, Nova. Sydney, Nova, Nova Scotia, Nova. the heart of Even Cape Breton. In, that's right. Uh, I've been in Halifax now for nine years, and I consider myself a, a Haligonian more than anything. I still when I meet other people from Cape Breton, there is kind of like a kinship where we're like, oh yeah, I'm from Cape Breton too. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I know it's everywhere, but whatever. I uh, I kind of have a, a similar approach, except for me, it's like, I always talk about uh, Lloyd is a great place to be from. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a place where I, I like, I want to live long-term. It's, it's yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. big. It's an agricultural and like oil industry town, which is really nothing that interests me. So, um, yeah, I, I I live in Saskatoon and I'm 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 from Saskatchewan. That's how I phrase it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting how you think about like where you where you've been and now where you are. Yeah, and it's where it's weird to think go. that it's been ten years since I moved back to Saskatoon for university. So I've I've been here for a decade now, which is crazy. <laughs> but you've come a long way, baby. A yeah, come a long way. Uh, <laughs> speaking of speaking of long time, <laughs> we've been doing this for a long time now, Patrick. 120 129 episodes in now, my friend. So we're going it's, strong. It's kind of crazy to think about it, but if you like baseball and you like baseball podcasts like ours, you can follow us at BFMD Podcast. You can check out our website, bfmdpodcast.com. Uh, content TBD, leave us alone about it. Uh, we're getting Stop a lot bringing of, it up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of rabid fans are asking us, when are you going to get some content on there? Uh, leave me alone, guys. I'm trying to write a separate miniseries that we're going to try to record while we do this season. Leave me be. Um, check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I'm sure there's a bunch more. Shout out to our fans in Markham, Ontario. Love oh, the old suburb of Toronto. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the news. There's obviously yeah. a big piece of news, but I we gotta sing happy birthday to somebody first. Well, I, don't, I don't know about sing, but we are going oh, to <laughs> to wish a very happy 90th birthday to the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays, one of the greatest of all time. 90 years young today. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, Willie. Let me tell you about Willie Mays. Willie Mays, I when I was looking up like his career and like the story behind his career before we started, I couldn't believe, like I had forgotten because I had looked up, I look up player stats all the time, you mm-hmm. know, just for for funsies. Looking up how <laughs> dominant Willie Mays was, holy shit! 
there's never been anybody like him and there may never be anyone who comes close except maybe uh ken griffey jr might be the next closest that i can think of outfielder yeah i can say that it's 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 crazy and what's also crazy is look at all the players that have come since willie mays almost all the goats who played in the outfield all wanted to play like willie yeah barry bonds who's yeah like uh, willie is his godfather yeah it's very true yeah and and we'll see what the next 10 years bring but hopefully by the time his career is over we have we kind of have mike trout in that conversation with willie mays is like two of the greatest outfielders along with along with junior to ever play the game so how many mvps does trout have not, not enough <laughs> he got robbed for a long time but uh, i agree but it's more than two isn't it it's i think it's three or four yeah um that's insane and when you think about how good he was in the years that he didn't win he got penalized because the angels were a dumpster fire of a franchise and in many ways still are but hopefully they can start to yeah. round into form with some which with, with some pitching help if, if shohei otani can stay healthy then hopefully he can help our boy Fishman. I say this as, as a very ardent fan and jersey holder of Josh Donaldson. Um, <laughs> as much as I think that MVP was well-deserved, man, Mike Trout was really good Mike that Trout. year, too. <laughs> Fishman good. Fishman good. Um, Love it. But shout-out sp- to Willie Mays. Shout-out to Willie. Happy birthday, man. Uh, speaking of really good, John Means was really good for Baltimore last night against the Mariners. He threw Major League Baseball's third no-hitter of the season uh, on 12 strikeouts, Patrick. Uh, he did face the minimum amount of batters, unfortunately for him. Um, one of the batters was a dropped third strike uh, where the batter was able to reach first base on the error. So it was the third no-hitter of the season that was ruined by one, or third perfect game that turned into a no-hitter because of one mistake. If you recall, Joe Musgrove and Carlos Rodon both hit one batter in each of their no-hitters. And I believe they were both in the ninth inning too. For sure, Rodon's was. I can't remember if Musgrove's was. And then Means lost his on a drop third strike call. So um, none of the no-hitters were ruined by base hits. They were all ruined by hit batters and errors. So... Interesting little tidbit of baseball for you. That's just goes to show you how weird this game is. Um, the Blue Jays don't play the Orioles until June, so we won't see Means for a while yet, but that's probably a good thing. Maybe he'll have some time to cool off a bit. Did you see that dumb thread that was like going around about how shouldn't uh, should a drop third strike be an automatic? <laughs> I did see that. I liked your I response. Joseph, no. <laughs> like, no, this is ludicrous. Uh, I don't think he said ludicrous, but he said something. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Ludicrous speed, go. Um, <laughs> it was just so, like, I couldn't believe that. The other thing yeah. uh, about the, the the frequency with which we're seeing no-hitters and that we're flirting with, like, perfect games. Like, do you remember, like, do you remember being a kid or an adult, whatever, watching an actual perfect game? Uh, like, have you ever seen one live? I haven't, no. Like, on TV? No, I, I the the most I've gotten I've I've seen the I saw the Paxton game against the Blue Jays I saw the Verlander uh, no no against the Jays, yeah both I think the Verlander's done it to us twice I'm pretty sure I've watched both of them, um, but yeah. besides that I've never watched a full, no no or perfect game in in person I always try to tune in when they're happening, but um, never from the beginning besides the ones against the Blue Jays. 
which sucks remember, for us, but it's cool anyway. <laughs> I remember the, um, I was too young to remember El Presidente's perfect game for the Expos, Des yeah. Martinez. Uh, and I definitely didn't see Kenny Rogers uh, gamble his way to a 4 nothing perfect game against the Angels back when they were the California Angels. Yeah. Uh, but I did see David Wells 4 okay. nothing. Yeah, that was against the Twin. I think I saw it. And then David Cohn had one, and then Randy Johnson. You, did you see the Burley one? Uh, I saw a little bit of that one. I saw the one where Dwayne Wise made the insane catch, right? That's the game you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there was Dallas Braden and Roy, Roy Doc. Man, I wish he had thrown that for the Jays. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. And then King Felix was the last perfect game in 2012. Right. I didn't see I didn't see that one, but man, it's something special. I just remember the call, the calls at the end of them. Like um, the one for Dennis Martinez was El Presidente, El Perfecto, and I was like, that's the best call I've ever heard. <laughs> it was so good. And they replayed it on TSN anytime they were doing like a top ten anything expos or top ten baseball it was always right. yeah, <laughs> always in there. <laughs> it was always in there. <laughs> We we're gonna see a perfect game soon, aren't we? Like it's coming. Uh, I think we. I air. think we're as as Tabby would say, we're due. We're due for one. Tabby right, loves that. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of guys who have been very good for their careers, uh, moving on from John Means, Albert Pujols was designated for assignment by the Los Angeles Angels today. Patrick, he's in the final year of his ten-year, two hundred fifty-three million dollar contract. Um, some stats for Albert. This is from Ben Nicholson Smith uh, at B Nicholson Smith on on Twitter. Generally a Blue Jays Twitter, but of course everybody's talking about Albert today. The machine. Um, in eleven years of the St. Louis Cardinals, Albert Pool slash line three twenty eight, four twenty, six seventeen, four hundred forty five home runs, and eighty six point six wins above replacement. That was in about eighteen hundred career games. In about eleven hundred career games with the Angels, Poolholz in ten years. Uh, 256, 311, 447 with 222 home runs and 12.8 wins above replacement. Um, I saw another tweet today that because of the way he's played this year, which is not very good, he lost uh, 100 career war status. He's at 99.4 or something now or 0.5 on baseball reference. Yeah. So he's, he, he lost it this year, which isn't a huge deal. He's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the best to ever play the game. And still, he's averaged 22 home runs a season over 10 years at the Angels. If you weren't paying him $253 million, uh, which is like an average annual value of 25, uh, you're not going to laugh. You're not going to cry about 22 homers a season. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of unfair to compare the two stat lines because... Yeah, the last it's like comparing a guy who's like... Like he's he was in his 20s compared to his 30s, right? It's... Apples to uh, oranges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was he he didn't he wasn't the offensive juggernaut he used to be, but he was still a tremendous hitter mm-hmm. uh, who saw like pretty rapid decline after he turned you know, thirty eight from twenty eighteen onward. You know that's we're talking about close to three hundred games of his time. Yeah. With with uh, with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, he was hitting maybe two thirty two forty ish. Uh, throughout those like 300 games. I don't know if it's fair to kind of look at that and be like, 
oh, he he was a mega disappointment. Yeah, like I would say, like he didn't win any MVPs with uh, the Angels, but, you know, he offered him a lot of money and he took it. Yeah. I don't judge him. I don't, I don't judge him for it. Um, but you think he's first ballot? Like, do you think oh, he'll be like a 99? He might be or... unanimous. Man, I would love that. He, he was that. never never linked to steroids, Patrick. Um, That's right. Has a couple, has a World Series title with the with the cards. Um, yeah, one of the best ever play for sure. Three time MVP, rookie yeah. of the year, multiple time Silver Slugger, one time Gold Glover. Not exactly mm-hmm. a defensive juggernaut, but still snagged a gold or two gold gloves. Look at me. Yeah, he was good in his early career. It's like a lot of young players. Was a little bit more athletic back then before he moved to the American League and got. Solid with mostly DH appearances later in his career, which is totally fair. That's what the position's there for. Yep. Do you think uh, he aged better or worse than Edwin Encarnacion? Worse, I would say, actually. It's kind of an interesting comparison because he started to DH in the back five, six years of his career. But Edwin was... I haven't compared the stats or anything like that, but Edwin was still mashing when he was 35, 36. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, a guy who, because of the non-universal DH this year, uh, probably his career is probably over because of it with Edwin. He's not, obviously didn't get signed and is still not signed. No retirement announcement, but with the National League still batting their pitchers, it took away 15 chances for him to latch on to a team so yeah actually their numbers their numbers are pretty comparable in those like back few years but also edwin edwin is still only 38 years old but he's he's not he ain't coming back i think yeah one point i wanted to make that i forgot when we were talking about the no hitter and you mentioned that seems like we're seeing a lot of those um baseball reference tweeted out today that the major league average in april was 232 which is the lowest monthly average since like 1908 or something so shit Pitching is pitching is winning so far this year, and that might be a, half the reason why uh, MLB is looking at moving the mound back a foot, right? <laughs> it's just to give hitters a better chance to recognize a pitch. But yeah, it's interesting to see um, that the pitchers are definitely winning the battles. So thought I'd just point that out. Let's get into some Jays news. Yeah. Um, some highlights from Ross Atkins Zoom call this afternoon. This is from Ben Wagner at bwag two four seven or BenWag247 on Twitter. He's been great for insider news this year for the Jays. Um, Spring, Springer's IL stint, obviously he got placed back on the 10-day injured list last night with the hamstring issue. He's not shut down. He's re- got reduced activity and is extended that he will, it's expected that he will miss uh, more than the 10-day minimum. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is out at least a month with the hip flexor issue. Uh, Phelps is... Um, Likely hit he hit the IL today when Hunjin Ryu was was activated with a bit of a shoulder issue. They did some imaging this morning. Joe Panic uh, kind of got banged up a little bit yesterday. He's feeling better. Um, they're not sure if he'll need an IL stint or not, but they could recall Adams again, who was sent down when the Jays activated Reese McGuire uh, yesterday. Um, more from that call too. Julian Merriweather is is uh, on the sixty day IL, but is likely to be full steam ahead when he comes back. He's eligible to return June thirteenth. Okay. Anthony Castro, who is placed in the ten day IL with the right forearm issue, should make a quick return. 
Thomas Hatch is progressing, and when he returns, they want him to be at six innings, 80 pitches. Holy shit, that's huge news. Yeah, that is huge news, but that won't be until June either because he's on the 60-day as well. Uh, and Tommy Malone with the left shoulder inflammation shouldn't be out too much longer. They'll likely rehab him in Buffalo, I would imagine. Um, so yeah, some some injury updates, some some bad news with Kirk and, and Springer, and obviously David Phelps has been good for us. Uh, but some good news that Castro is not going to miss much time. He's been good so far. And that Merriweather and Hatch look to be coming back healthy in June when we need some reinforcements. So, yeah, some updates there. What's the, so, what's the time frame on Castro, sorry? Uh, well, he got placed in the 10-day like, a few days ago. So I would imagine he'll be back within the week. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, I'm they really say... worried forearm stuff. Sometimes I just get so nervous now because so many yeah, guys... We're so conditioned so to be nervous with the forearm and, and the elbow and that kind of thing. It's Yeah, because guys throw so hard now, it's like they throw to destroy their arms almost. It's like... Yeah. In, only inhuman guys like Justin Verlander seem to be able to like, you know, increase their velocity as they get older. He's like a freak example, but like they're guys are throwing so hard now that they're injuring, getting injured all the time. Yeah, it's, it's not true. just the Jays either; it's the entire entire league. It's all of all of baseball. Oh yeah, lots of teams are going through even worse injury problems than we are. Um, so getting back to some some news, uh, another tweet from Ben Nicholson Smith. He said, "Watching the Blue Jays lately, it's clear that they have needs internally. They're already looking for answers at third base, with no one player appearing three times in a row at the posi- position since Cavan Biggio did it in mid-April. In the coming months, it will be worth scouting lefty-hitting third basemen such as Colin Moran and uh, Kyle Seager. It should be noted that Moran is not a good defender either, but he is a good a good <laughs> bat. Um, Seager is obviously better at both things than Moran is." Um, and the need for pitching also won't go away. The rotation in the bullpen, the Jays could use either. That means that they can stay flexible. Uh, they liked Kyle Gibson in the past, and he's pitching really great for the Rangers right now, which could make it a little bit more exp- expensive to get him. Uh, or really any number of arms would help. Uh, it's early still, but still not really to think about adding reinforcements. So those information, that stuff from, from Ben Nichols and Smith. Uh, yeah, we, he's, he's right, though. We haven't seen... We've seen Biggio, Panic, and Espinal kind of rotating through that third base. Biggio is obviously playing all over the place. Um, and if he gets his bat going, like he he had three hits today, I believe, uh, it'll it'll make it hard for him to get out of the lineup and a little bit harder for Espinal and, and Panic to to steal his playing time. So one of those guys needs to get hot and kind of run with it. Panic's been really cold the last couple of weeks, and Espinal hasn't done too much with the bat either since he got he kind of got off that hot start. So I think that, I think really the job is Biggio's to lose at this point. Okay, let me ask you a question because I don't understand this. Uh, may, maybe it's just because I'm stupid. Explain to me like I'm uh, a fifth grader. Why is what is wrong with Santiago Espinal that he's not getting a more serious look? I know he's he's had very limited at bats, but he's in the at bats that he's had so far this year, he's hitting three thirty three. Like yeah. he's he has eight hits and twenty four at bats. There no home runs, but like Has he walked yet? No. Yeah. Um, that's it. there's a problem there. Okay, but okay, fine. 
that's that's a fair critique, but he only has three strikeouts. Yeah, um, also fair. I think it's worth noting, though, that um, so two of his eight hits are extra bases. They're doubles. And I, th- I think he hits, like, according to my brain, I believe he hits a lot of balls on the ground. I could be wrong. No, I have to pull right. up. I have to pull up his fan graphs numbers. Yeah, 43% of his hits are on the ground, which is a problem. Doesn't hit a ton of line drives. Um, and most of nope. his contact is in the medium to soft. He has a 4.8% hard hit percentage on fan graphs. So I think for him, his his bat just isn't advanced enough for him to to overtake either Biggio's uh, utility or Panic's veteran nature. Well, even Panic uh, so far this year has been hit yeah. pretty solidly as well. Professional baseball hitter Joe Panic. Yeah, uh, contact wise for sure. Um, no power. Not, no, he has no he has no less power. Pa- actually, he has more power than Espinal technically. If you look at it, yeah. at the exit velocity charts. Yeah. Panic has more power than Espinal does. However, Espinal is hitting right now the better average, although Panic has double the amount of at bats or close to it. Yeah, and, and and to his credit too, like like Kevin Biggio's line dry percentage is nothing to write home about, but he hits a lot of fly balls. Um and he's more in the medium to hard contact range. He doesn't hit a ton a ton of balls in the soft uh contact. So I think and I just think for him it's just the versatility of Biggio being able to play the outfield. I don't think they have confidence in Espinal to be able to do that. And, no, you're right. And yeah. Biggio's at least a lefty. He's worth a look at DH. He'll take his walks, right? So even though he's 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 just hitting above the Mendoza line now, his on-base percentage is still uh, over 300. So his, his on-base is always going to be about 100 points higher than his batting average. And for Espinal, even though he's hitting close to 300 or whatever it is, his on-base is the same number because he doesn't take any walks. Yeah, I That's, mean, Biggio is starting to regress to the mean. Like yeah. I'm, stealing, I'm co-opting your thing there. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just point out, none of them are playing well enough to win the job, but but nobody is playing good enough to win the job either. <laughs> well, yeah, like Espinal defensively has saved us quite a few times. Yeah, and there was a story that where he's actually first in the American League in defensive runs saved for third baseman. Obviously, he's not doesn't have enough innings to be a qualified player yet but i think he had saved three or four runs or something already over there which is worth noting his defense is very good he definitely defensively i would trust him over oh yeah and bgo 100 however yeah he hasn't had enough at bats so i say like give the kid a shot just let him you know let him have a, a good stretch give him a test run and if it doesn't work if he just doesn't have the power to justify it you know he's still a good guy to come off the bench or to you know give somebody an off day i don't think he's going anywhere i don't think he's leaving the the 26 man not that i can see unless they maybe need a rowdy Telez to come back up for for some reason if he gets hot in <laughs> buffalo right and they need to they need him to play dh i guess he's gonna have to hit like 450 in triple a yeah rowdy's kind of yeah, on the outside looking in just because of the the way the roster's built right now that they don't need him at first base and they're going to have a rotation of Teoscar, Springer, and Grichuk at that DH spot because, and Gurriel even throw him in that list because those guys are all uh, better players than Ryan Telez, I would say. So. And the, the first guy to get bumped down is probably going to be Davis. Although uh, yeah. John Davis had a hit today. He did, so yeah. Get, and, and he also incredible. worked a walk after being down 0-2 as well. So 
Oh, no, that might have been yesterday. I can't remember. I think he, he's starting to put something together. Yeah. Rough, rough go to start, but he's starting to put something together. Let's get into the results. So For sure. Let's talk results. No, no problem. I like the I like the question. Yeah, the walk that Davis drew is yesterday. That's. But yeah, let's talk about the four-game series in Oakland. It was a series split. The A's took the first two, and then the Jays won the last two. Uh, on Monday's game, the Oakland Athletics defeated the Blue Jays 5-4. to four. Uh, Montas picked up the win over Steven Matz who looked good at times and then was really bad a couple of times. Uh, he gave up two home runs in that game for a total of five earned runs, only walked one batter, struck out six, gave up seven hits over five innings. Um, the problem was the home run balls there. Uh, it just just looked a little bit wild. His, his, his command in his last two starts was not as good as it had been in his first four. Uh, offensively, it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with three hits in that game. He was really the standout there. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez did drive in two of the Blue Jay runs. Bichette drove in another, and then I believe one... I don't see a fourth RBI on the list here, which is weird. So one must have come in on an error um, <laughs> or something. I don't know. But Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, regardless, uh, the Blue Jays lost that game. Uh, they were four for nine with runners in the scoring position, so it wasn't as though they didn't hit it just seemed as though that uh they when they needed those runs kind of in the middle frames they couldn't get them um really that loss comes down to Matt's being shaky uh travis bergen and tim Meza combined for three innings in relief uh surrendering a combined two hits and three walks while striking out two both of those guys still have goose eggs on their era in the era column after that game um, yeah, I think really the, the big news there, Patrick, just, just Matt's with kind of his second shaky start in a row. Yeah. The difference in this game was the sec, uh, the Oakland second. Um, yeah. That those three runs. Matt's hobbled a little bit. He did recover though. He did go after that. He did, uh, get through to, uh, the fifth and that's when the wheels kind of came up. Yeah. The, the, the stamina came. was up in that fifth inning. Yeah, um, I still have complete faith in Matts. I think he still has something he's keyed in. Um, he only had one walk. Uh, his He had, you know, solid control. He's just serving up, you know. You, you can't have your stuff every game. You can't. We beat up Max Scherzer. So, like, <laughs> I think it's – I know it's a weird comparison. What I'm trying yeah. to get at is, like, sometimes you just don't have your stuff. I know he kind of hyped it up. In our last episode, Matt's coming in fresh off of, like, only 80 pitches. Uh, in this one, he just didn't look He didn't look great. He gave two tacos. That's what happens. Yep, that's true. Uh, uh, in, in game number two, it was a 4-1 to one victory for the Oakland Athletics. Anthony Kay started in that game. Uh, got, he cruised through the first inning, an easy 1-2-3, and then the wheels kind of fell off a bit in the second. He gave up four runs, uh, walked a couple guys, a home run. His overall line was four innings with four runs, four hits, two walks, four strikeouts. Trent Thornton and Ty Tice combined for the final uh, four innings of relief because uh, the Blue Jays, uh, the A's didn't have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. And they combined to give up two hits, walk two, and strike out five. So really effective relief for those two guys. Uh it's it's nice when you can you have those guys who can throw multiple innings because in both games, the first two games of this series, the Jays used four relievers and four unique relievers, and all of them gave them more than uh, more than an inning of work. So 
Uh, definitely able to save the bullpen when you've got depth like that who can actually give you more than just three outs. Yeah, the problem the problem in this game, I think, well, I, aside Well, they from, had three uh, hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, aside from Anthony K ha- having a little bit of trouble in the, uh, in the again, the second yeah. inning of the game yeah. um, for the Jays, um, you know, I'm not going to get into that too much. The home run sucked. Uh, the K gave up. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, three hits. You're not going to win a lot of baseball games. Uh, they also struck out ten times. Uh, they didn't leave a lot of guys on base because because there was nobody on got on base. There was only one walk, so there was only four times where guys got on base, and we didn't. We just didn't do it. We didn't. Have, we, the bats didn't have it. Uh, Irvin had his stuff. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was dealing. Um, he, he was dialed in. Uh, the athletics were dialed in, and we weren't. Yeah, that's really all we need to say about that game. You're not going to win many games when you give up th- when you only get three hits. Granted, they only gave up six, but those six kind of all came in a cluster of, of one inning. Um, game number three, which was Wednesday, the Blue Jays came back and took a game from the A's, winning the game nine to four. The game was 3-2 Oakland until the top of the eighth when the Blue Jays kind of busted it open with a five-run top half. The A's came back with one in the bottom half before the Jays scored two more in the ninth to kind of put it on ice. They scored their nine runs on ten hits in that game, Patrick Marsh. And it should be noted that those runs all came without a home run. So the Blue Jays went three straight games in Oakland without hitting a single home run, and they were one and two at the time. Um, In that game, Robbie Ray started. He gave up a couple of solo jacks uh, and three runs in total, but he was able to pitch six innings. And for the third straight start, which was the first time in Robbie Ray's career, he did not walk a batter. Um, his his walk percentage on the season is a career-best 7.8, and his fastball velocity is averaging 95.3. So Robbie Ray, after that first shaky start against the Royals, where he walked a ton of guys, um, he's looked solid his last three. The two home runs suck, but they were solo jobs, and if you strike out nine batters and give give your team six solid innings and a quality start, you're going to win more games than you'll lose for sure. Uh, unfortunately for him, the Jays were losing when he left, uh, but Jordan Romano came in. Uh, he pitched a clean inning. David Phelps came in but was well, was not feeling it, so he left the game with injury. And then Tyler Chatwood and Ryan Baraki uh, pitched the eighth and the ninth innings for the Blue Jays there. Chatwood gave up his first earned run of the season in his effort. Uh, so he lost. He's, he's not part of the goose egg gang anymore. And then Barecki pitched a, a nice clean ninth to, with, with a, around a walk to get the Jays the win. Uh, Bo Bichette had a stolen base. Guriel Jr. had a double, as did as good Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, everybody that started except for Joe Panic. Ken Kevin Biggio uh, reached base. Reese McGuire got the start and reached base on a walk. Um, Biggio did drive in a run at least. Uh, everyone else kind of chipped in too. Grichuk with three hits again. Teoscar with two. Vladi with two. It was really nice to see um, all the like, kind of the whole offense kind of caught fire. Five for fourteen with with runners in scoring position in that one. So uh, that was good to see. But again, it was the bullpen, Patrick. Uh, one earned run from Chatwood. So through th- through three games, the bullpen had only allowed uh, one run on like five hits or something in the first three games, which is pretty good. Yeah, let's talk about the Goose Egg Gang a little bit. 
We've yeah. been talking about the goose egg gang. Um, it's not just about having an ERA of zero. It's these guys go out and they just they blank teams. Mm-hmm. Rocky mm-hmm. had one bad outing that I can recall this year. Yep. Other than that, he's been out there blank, 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 blank. There's nothing like nobody can can hit off this guy right now. He's 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 really caught fire, and he's one of those arms right now, along with Chatwood uh, and. Uh, Phelps before he he got hurt. We'll see what happens with him and Romano, who just they just look good. Romano, remember when Romano first came back and he was like shaky? That's yeah. a distant. That's a distant memory. I think most guys when they come off of an injury without without the benefit of a rehab assignment are probably going to be a little bit shaky in that first outing. Yeah, exactly. And Robbie Ray, for, for in my opinion, <laughs> non-issue. He's a solid. He's our solid number two starter. Yeah, and I know speaking. In, in order, he's not our number two, but I don't care about that. Like he is our—he is our number two right now. Yeah, yeah. He—he he looks, he looks great. He's dialed back in exactly the way he was in 2017. The difference is, uh, the game has changed in those four years, and we're looking at uh, an increase in the three true outcomes. Uh, yeah, and uh... line I'm stealing from you. <laughs> And speaking of number one starters, uh, Hyunjin Ryu was activated today for the series finale, which saw the Blue Jays beat the Athletics to split the series 10-4 to on 16 hits today, Patrick, which I believe is a season high, but don't quote me on that. Um, again, everybody in the starting lineup was able to contribute. Uh, everyone reached base. Vladi, was, Vladi didn't have a hit, but he reached on a fielder's choice and did score a run. Offensive stars of the day were Marcus Semyon, uh, Bo Bichette had three hits. Simeon had four. He was four for six. Teoscar Hernandez drove in another two runs. Randall Gritchuk drove in five runs, including a home run. And everyone's favorite Toronto Blue Jay, Danny Jansen, had his first home run of the season. He teed off on Mike Fears in the uh, fourth inning for a two-run job. His average, Patrick, is up to 0.83 after the one for five today. <laughs> That's, you'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. Jonathan Davis grabbed a hit. Uh, the guys only struck out four times and walked three. Um, they didn't leave 25 men on base, but that's going to happen when you have 16 hits. You're going to leave people on base. Um, so the left on base was was nine. So the team total with all the guys added up is 25. But they were three for 15 with runners in scoring position. They did a lot of damage with, with home run balls. Uh, some stolen bases. Bichette stole two. He stole second and third in the, uh, uh, in, in the uh, fifth inning, I believe it was. I can't remember. And then uh, Teoscar Hernandez also stole a base that inning as well, too. That was, probably, that was the sixth inning when that happened. Um, error, Teoscar Hernandez did let a squeaky ground ball kind of get through him in the outfield, which was weird. Oh, that led to a, a couple of Oakland A runs in that third inning, but then he made up for it with a two RBI single in the fourth. Um, overall, Ryu was like, it was a little bit, his command was a little bit off, but he was able to only give up six hits and one walk over five innings. Did give up four earned runs, including a home run ball, and did strike out six. Um, it was a pretty good return, though. I mean, he it could have been worse. He did a couple of double play balls. Uh, the Blue Jays ended up turning three double plays in this game, uh, with Ryu drawing a couple of them. Uh, and he really kept the bats. The bats kind of woke up in that third inning, and then uh, Ryu was able to hold the A's for the final two innings that he pitched. And then, of course, handed it over to the Goose Egg Gang, Travis Bergen with two uh, innings of relief. Joel Payamps with two innings of relief. Uh, Bergen has an ERA of zero, and Payamps is just under two. So 
Again, the bullpen in this series, Patrick, only one run allowed, and it was the Chatwood run. Besides that, they pitched a lot of innings and a lot of zeros. Yep, our bullpen uh, ERA continues to dwindle as we uh, continue to have the, the strongest bullpen, Yeah, at, at least in the American League, uh, maybe in all of MLB. I think we've surpassed the Yankees in terms of uh, statistical performance uh, after this week, especially. Um, aside from the bats, which looked phenomenal today, shout out to uh, Marcus Semin, four for six. He he's back, man. Two fifty. He's hitting two fifty four. I mean, <laughs> give this guy another two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Semin is going to be a solid two seventy hitter leading. Well, I guess he won't lead off, or will he lead off? He might. It's very interesting to think about uh, with Kavan coming on. What's the roster going to look like? Or not the roster, the um, the lineup card. Would you put Would you put Samin at leadoff? I think you'll leave him there after the way he played in Oakland. I think you ride the hot bat. Obviously, Biggio did have three hits today, but uh, I think Samin had seven or eight hits in the series. So I think you let yeah. him kind of ride uh, while he's hot. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't finagle the lineup too much, although... If no, it if, it, me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? If, if it were me, I would have Grichik clean up. Uh, no disrespect to Teoscar Hernandez, but Grichik is so hot right now. You can't... I feel like you can't not have him either three or four. And obviously, Guerrero's three forever, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a kind of a... It's a good problem to have. <laughs> it is. We just look at the meat of the lineup, though. Yeah, they there's they had so a great much, series. They had so much. There's so outside much those first two games, of course. The and last two games, Bo, they kind of came on. Bo is starting to come on as a base runner, which is nice. Uh, I'm pleased with that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, though. Uh, Hunjin Ryu is not as good as what he was last year, which was not as good as he was the year before. Should we be worried? At all? I know, like, I'm just throwing this out there. No. I, my answer's no. But <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, fine. We just pretend it's not a problem? Yeah, I mean, let's let's wait a couple more starts. Obviously, he was pitching um, the beginning of the year. He had a little bit of an injury there. Didn't help. Didn't hold him up more than the minimum. Probably could have not went on the IL, but they chose to play it safe, which I totally respect. Um We've seen what, what happens when you bring a guy back when he's not ready. You have cough George Springer. Uh, not that that's anybody's fault. Injuries happen, yada, yada. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's see what Ryu does in his next start, which will be against Atlanta next week. Coming up this uh, this weekend, though, Patrick, we've got a weekend series in Houston against the Trashstros. Yes, you heard that right, the Trash Strohs, because they like yes, to I hit up trash cans. ha, 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 ha. ha, ha, ha. Um, they are 16 and 15 right now. The Blue Jays are back at uh, 16 and 14 after today's victory. Uh, only a couple of games back of the Red Sox for the division lead. The American League East is incredibly tight right now. Every time you win or lose, you seem to move up or down a spot. Game one tomorrow sees Ross Stripling start against Jose Urquidy. I'm hope I'm saying hope I'm saying that right. Um, Stripling obviously came back off the injured list last uh, last weekend. Um, and pitched okay against Atlanta. He threw 70 pitches on Sunday. Hopefully he can get us five or six innings against the uh, the Astros. Uh, and we'll see what the guys do with the, the bats. Uh, Urquidy uses a lot of slider. He throws it about 
20% of the time and actually throws a lot of change-ups too, which he threw a season-high 31 change-ups last time against the Rays. So uh, a, a team in the Blue Jays who struggles a little bit against velocity, against the guy who throws a lot of off-speed stuff, maybe kind of just got to sit on those off-speed pitches and see what they can do on those. Game two is going to see Steven Matz take the hill against Christian Javier. Uh, Javier has actually had a great start to the season. He's on a seven-start unbeaten streak. He has a 175 ERA over those seven starts. Uh, Steven Matz has uh, two rough starts in a row, obviously, as we talked about. His ERA is up to 478 on the season after a couple of bad ones. Uh, but I feel like uh, it's a good chance for, for Matt's to rebound against a really good lineup in Houston. Obviously, they don't have Springer anymore because he's on our injured list, but they still have Altuve. They still have Bregman and Correa. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is an absolute monster. I think he's hitting about 330 this season. So uh, it'll be a tough test. And then on Sunday, in what is Anthony Kay's current spot in the rotation? It's up, for, up in the air as a TBD. Uh, that start is against Zach Granke, and we all know how good Granke is and how he and what he has been. Uh, interesting that the Blue Jays haven't played Granke. Uh, they've only played, played faced him once in the past decade. Obviously, he's been in the National League for a long time now after starting with with the Royals. So it's going to be a tough test. None of these none of these three starters. You don't look at this and say, "Oh, yeah, there's a winnable game like we did with Oakland." Um, yeah, I think uh, for the Blue Jays, you've just got to hope that the bats can can get on with some of these guys early in their starts, maybe get a couple of runs across in the first or second inning, and then hopefully your, your bullpen and your starting pitching can can hold the Astros in check. It's going to be difficult. It's a tough ballpark. There's a lot of home runs that get hit at Minute Maid Park, so we'll see. Maybe Vladdy will hit one onto the train tracks. Yeah, a couple, couple stats for you. Uh, you were talking a little bit about Urquidy's Urquidy, Urquidy. I apologize if I yeah, I don't know, butchered that probably to try. I've never, I've never seen him pitch, so I'm excited. Uh, I like guys who throw a lot of off-speed stuff, so I like, I'm, I'm very interested. Um, You don't want to throw the fastball to our guys right now, anyway. So he has to be in tippy top shape with his off-speed stuff. If he's off even a little bit, the Jays will punish him, Mm -hmm. uh, especially if he's forced. Uh, into throwing the fastball um he's kind of he, he's kind of a k machine though so i'm kind of curious to see what he what he has as yeah far as location that's a big key thing going into that game the first game uh, the other thing i'm interested in aside from seeing zach Granke throw an ephus pitch which i'm calling it now he's gonna throw one just not sure when I hope, yeah, I kind of hope to see it. <laughs> uh, but Christian Javier or Javier, um, that's this is the game. This is the the marquee matchup. It's basically our best pitcher so far, our best starter so far, most consistent starter so far. Best seems to be too high praise. I think most consistent starter versus obviously what uh, what looks like the ace. Uh, of the Astros in terms of uh, statistical performance, I'm that's Saturday's game is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea who's going to start Sunday. My my best guess is Trent Thornton. That's a possibility for sure because yeah, he pitched he pitched after, um, yeah, after K. So they line up on the same day if they want to give him a start. That would be probably the time to do it. But we don't have Tommy Malone to do the follow-up, which sucks. So uh, Thornton comes in, 
we need i i i would argue we we should have a lefty come in after so maybe it's maybe it is k or else bergen gets some run yeah it's tough to say could could be that but they could just piggyback them another stat for you in his last seven games jose altuve is hitting 138 with a 161 obp and a 276 Mm. slug so he is in a slump right now and even in his last 15 games he's only hitting 230 so uh altuve obviously is one of the best players in the game uh there's no getting around it maybe the best hitting second baseman that i can oh well no i guess dj but does he still does he still play second base he kind of plays wherever the yankees need him to play yeah yeah he hit he hit he hit doesn't matter where he hits hits three (laughs) yeah he hits like 330 no matter what we do anyway but altuve is struggling and i'm interested to see whether or not uh you know our uh our slightly beat up rotation is going to be you know chum in the water for altuve but i think keeping him off base or keeping continuing his struggles is going to be key for us uh, because the team that scores the most runs is the one that wins the baseball game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's all that's all I got for you. Uh, Altuve, yeah, Altuve struggling. Um, Jose Urquidy is going to have to. He's going to have to throw some fastballs, and he's going to have to blow them by some guys if uh, if he you know if he wants to escape uh, with a win on that one. For sure, yeah, and just as a an update to our conversation, uh, Arden Zwelling, uh, Charlie Montoyo's post game presser asked who the starters were going to be. It is Stripling, Mats, and then on Sunday, quote, "We'll see." So yeah, it's up oh, in the air. No. It's going to depend what the bullpen situation looks like. If they need Thornton in one of these first two games, they might have to use him. Uh, and depending on how comfortable they feel with Anthony Kay, obviously he hasn't been been great and two starts he's gonna have some some hard contact a couple of dingers uh so we'll see if they have to go back to that well again um really needing really waiting until that that mid-june when we see uh potential tom hatch obviously if nate pearson can have a couple more good starts with buffalo he might work himself back into that major league rotation too but yeah right now you know you've got uh ryu ray and mats as your kind of your three confirmed starters and then from there you just kind of make it up as you as you go (laughs) Bold prediction. Um, as of right now, like I haven't been looking at Twitter while this episode's been going on, my prediction is that the starter for Sunday's game will be Trent Thornton. If you look at his season so far, he's only gotten into nine games, um, but he's got a 2.70 ERA so far. So like he's been he's been good. Like I've watched his performances. He's been good. Uh, he got a little 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 whooped by uh, Washington. Uh, give up a couple of earned runs. Um, but he's been giving us at least two innings consistently. You got to like that. And he's kind of a cool option as like an opener. And I like Trent Thornton. And I like that his nickname is Butters. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very good nickname. <laughs> he looks like uh, Butters. <laughs> he does. Uh, but that's going to be it for us today, Patrick Marsh. Uh, after a series split the A's, the Blue Jays are back uh, two games above 500, which is the highest they've been. Uh, at any point this season, 16 and 14, heading into a three-game set with the Houston Astros before they head to Atlanta for three more before they get back to their last homestand. They are moving to Buffalo for the first series in June, so if anyone missed that news, that's happening. Uh, they're still completing some ballpark renovations there. Uh, a couple of things to note, they've moved the bullpens out beyond the outfield fencing, so they're no longer on the field. 
We remember the infamous Ray Telez injury last season on the yeah. bullpen rubber. So those bullpens are long, no longer in foul territory. And they've erected some more permanent uh, structures out there too because they're preparing to have fans in the ballpark in, in Buffalo. Um, and last season, the Jays had like a gym and a bunch of stuff in the concourse. They won't be able to do that this year with fans and milling around. But that's going to be it for us today. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Check out our episodes on our website, bfmdpodcast.com, or on great platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so much more. We'll be coming at you again with another episode on Sunday after the conclusion of the uh, third game of the Houston series. Until then, for Patrick Marshall in Halifax, it's Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon saying see you next time.